0: Happy Friday, February 4th, everybody. For the week has been nothing short of cold, messy in terms of both weather and news from all around the nation, and the nation to the north, too, it were. New entry-level driver training regs go into effect this coming Monday, February 7th. Freight metrics continue fairly well in the spot market, though equipment and fuel costs continue their upward march right alongside that. We're going to step back from much of all that today, track back through our last few podcasts for more in some regards. Today, the FBI is asking for the truck community's help in solving a cold case murder. Since Little Rock headquartered Special Agent Ann Alexander took over the case almost two years ago, work on it has revived and Alexander and her team are making a public push this week in hopes of gathering leads into the 2006 murder of 19-year-old Tracy Awana Jones, who disappeared in November that year from a Little Rock area truck stop where she'd been something of a regular at the time, attempting to collect magazine subscriptions.
1: Tracy Iwana jones was 19 when she was last seen. Um, she was just a fun-loving young girl. Uh, at the time, she was working as a magazine salesman. I think we've all seen those people who, uh, you know, go around selling subscriptions.
0: I'm Todd Dills. As usual, you're host for this edition of Overdrive Radio, and as you'll hear more from Special Agent Alexander there, Jones was last seen at the pilot stop at the Galloway exit off I-40 east of Little Rock. I believe it's exit number 161 there. Tragic story, for sure, as Jones' body was found more than a week later off I-40 in Memphis, Tennessee. Stay tuned for more from Alexander and others in the FBI team on how you might be able to help. There's a new $25,000 reward for information that leads to a conviction. Also, Overdrive's own intrepid reporter Matt Cole was out earlier this week with a look at the Trucking Association's engagement with the first bit of detail we've seen on FMCSA's plans to implement the congressional requirement of a pilot program for under 21 interstate drivers. There's a lot to it, including significant required training, a proposal to require any pilot program participants to work within the Department of Labor's registered apprenticeship program, and more.
2: Does require certain, um, you know, extra paperwork. Um, it, it does uh, more safety training um, for apprentice for apprentices. Um, a uh, kind of a um, progressive wage system um, is a requirement to be one, a registered apprenticeship.
0: That would be progressive, meaning pay escalates with training and experience, which some among trucking associations see as an unqualified positive, though others look at it differently, let's say, and possibly limiting participation from some quarters. Just who? Find out in what follows in a talk with Cole. We might just get closer, too, to an answer to an age-old question. Is it right to call 18, 19, and 20-year-old adults, quote-unquote, teens? After this quick break for a word from Overdrive Radio sponsor, First Guard Insurance, though, we'll dive into the cold case of Tracy Owana Jones with the FBI. Keep tuned.
3: First Guard
2: provides commercial truck insurance to leased owner-operators done right, as we've done for more than 80 years. We provide physical damage and non-trucking. Many companies make you pay up to six months of insurance premiums up front. But not First Guard. We bill monthly, so you get quality insurance without needing to pay a lot of cash up front. Go to FirstGuard.com. That's one stguardcom First Guard. We speak trucker. Let's talk.
1: I'm Special Agent Anne Alexander. I have been a Special Agent with the FBI for about 12 years. Right now, uh, for the past few years, I've been working with violent crime. And I've also worked uh, national security as far as um, counterterrorism and counterintelligence go. So it's been a pretty good career. And um, I'm at where I want to be. The agent who had this case actually uh, retired. So I inherited this case. And it has been a quest of Connor and myself to, um, you know, this investigation and, and get some more information back out there.
3: Connor Hagan, uh, public affairs officer with the FBI in Little Rock. I'm, I've been a public affairs officer with the Bureau for four years. Uh, Previously, I did surveillance for the special surveillance group within the Bureau. And uh, I love my job and working with agents like Ann and trying to solve any types of cases. So, um, yeah, but we can definitely go into kind of the background of Tracy and her case and. Uh,
1: because this is an ongoing investigation and we're going to keep this kind of high level um we definitely want to give you as many details as we can um tracy Iwana jones was 19 when she was last seen um she was just a fun-loving young girl uh at the time she was working as a magazine salesman i think we've all seen those people who uh, you know go around selling subscriptions and her focus at the time was that gas station um, that's where she disappeared from the pilot truck stop in uh, Little Rock and North Little Rock, actually.
0: It's I-40 in like the Galloway exit, I think. Yes. Is all that, is that right. the mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Galloway exit, correct. Um, Tracy had been working there that day. She was dropped off fairly early. If, if anybody's not familiar with Tracy's picture, um, her poster can be seen on uh, FBI Most Wanted. It's actually the case of the week right now. And we have pushed this poster out everywhere. So a picture of Tracy um, can be found on almost any social media outlet that we have.
0: That picture is visible in the thumbnail image for this podcast. we we'll find a download of the full Information Wanted poster via overdriveonline.com.
1: Unfortunately, Tracy's body was recovered several days later on uh, November 26 of 2006. Her body was found located uh, outside of Memphis, Tennessee, just right off I-40. And if you're wondering why the FBI would be involved in a murder, that's because there was an interstate nexus there. So she was kidnapped and then she was taken across state lines, giving authority for us to work this investigation. That's why we're involved. And we have done a whole lot on this case, multiple interviews. We've done a lot with evidence. we just don't have any leads that have, p- have produced an actual suspect. So that's why now um, we are trying to revive this case and get all the information back out there, Tracy's picture. And we have a $25,000 reward. I'm not sure if Connor has told you that, that uh, we have a $25,000 reward for anybody who brings information forward that actually gets us an arrest and conviction of the person who murdered Tracy. Her body was actually... Um, pretty dramatically. Um, her cause of death was um, blunt force and sharp force trauma. So 19 year old girl to be picked up like that. Uh, we do. There were multiple DNA samples on her. Um, we do believe that Tracy was actually assaulted. And we definitely know that she was injured and murdered in a very rough manner. Uh, when she was found, um, she was just kind of remotely in a field and an ongoing seeing her body so wow. uh, that's where we are
0: in terms of you know having been last seen was she actually last seen the last report that you have of of her being seen was actually at the the truck stop there
1: yes that's okay. where she was last yeah. seen she was dropped yeah. off by someone that she was familiar with to actually sell uh magazine subscriptions there she was working there that day right right was never seen again once she um again from being dropped off at the pilot truck stop
0: and i know that um there's been some uh intimation that you feel that um well i mean obviously the the location of the truck stop gives you an idea that you know maybe somebody in the trucking community could be uh, could have information about this or something uh something may have seen something that day that uh that that they may be able to share, that that will help lead to, to the perpetrator. And, and some of the notices that I've seen have, have suggested that uh, that you think the perpetrator may have some affiliation, some tie to the trucking community as well. Um, any Anything in particular that uh, causes you to kind of feel that, uh, feel that way outside of the fact that the last place she was seen was at a truck stop?
1: The only thing that makes us think that, I mean, uh, as connor has previously stated i think maybe in other conversations with um several of the trucking associations there is nothing that ties tracy's murder to a trucker
0: right right
1: on you know circumstance I, it was a it's a very frequented uh truck stop that tracy was at and Obviously, there's regular um, Joe's, you know, who drive through there and, and you know stop and get gas and you know get something to drink. But um, given the fact that she had been seen with several truckers, you know, in and out that day, just talking about subscriptions, um, and the fact that she was found um, on such an interstate that was so close it's so close to little rock that's only really a two-hour drive um and to be on on the 40 corridor we're just we're just trying to make the best educated guess that we can and get this to a community that may have actually seen where tracy was and any trucking you know any all the trucking associations have been very helpful um all of the um yeah the gas stations
3: yeah Yeah. we've got you know gas stations and uh across you know the united states actually helping push her poster i, I think that you know and brings up a good point there you know this is all educated guess, um but where we're at right now is we're asking truck drivers who drew, drove the little rock memphis area in 2006 if they worked that i-40 quarter even if it's past that but if they were coming through there frequently and they remember something something was off something seemed odd if they remember seeing tracy uh give us a call um uh, right. hear about it we've got a lot of investigators that are able to go out to conduct interviews and you know the 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 whole point of this is to put out there to the trucking community that we need their help and so far the trucking community has been great um i think that with public health this case is is going to progress um but we are looking for that kind of specific timeline if people were operating in 2006 on that i-40 corridor and uh they know anything about tracy to give us a call at 100 call fbi
0: um what what day of the week was uh, november 15th the last day that she was seen that could be an that could be an important detail for for somebody that really remembers their schedule from that time right absolutely yeah
1: november 15th was actually a wednesday and it was found that following sunday on the 26th
0: so that would have been actually yes, yeah, so that would have been like a week, a week and a couple mm-hmm. of days afterwards. Mm-hmm. Do we, do you have a sense that uh, whether the um, the murder occurred uh, very close to the fifteenth or 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 closer to the twenty sixth? Do we know?
1: I would say closer to the twenty sixth. Okay. Um, have an a solid date on that. Um, the coroner never produced an exact date like that, but been. The condition of Tracy's body, I would say it would be closer, not necessarily on, but closer to the side of the 26 and, you know, her body was just dumped there. So that's not where Tracy's body was found. It's not where she was murdered. It's where it was laid.
0: And that was, and that was right along I 40. It wasn't just a, um, you know, back road or anything like that. It was pretty close to the
1: interstate. Yes, it was close. Yeah.
0: Anything else that um, that we haven't gotten to here in terms of just um, details that might uh, jog uh, that may jog someone's memory uh, from from back in that time?
3: One thing I do always want to throw out there, though, even with the picture, you know, it, it is a good picture. Keep in mind when when truckers are thinking back, she was about five four and one hundred and ten pounds. So you know, she's you know, she was shorter. She was more petite for sure. Um, but, you know, a lot of times that plays a factor is, you know, they can see the face and be like, well, I, she looks kind of familiar, but, you know, if, if you know, very petite and, uh, and this is a 19-year-old girl, uh, brutally murdered, we're not giving up on this. You know, Ann and her, her team are going to be working this and going to continue working this, but we need help from the community to help so- to solve this.
0: Anne, how long have you been on this particular case now? Um, Probably
1: about a year and a half
0: great to see that uh, that work is still being put in, you know, even, this, even you know, after all this
3: time. You know, the one thing that we are also saying is, we know that a lot of people in the trucking community, they have families, they have friends, they've got neighbors. And this, this was a 19-year-old girl who was brutally murdered, sexually assaulted. And this is a case that we're not gonna give up on. This is a case that the FBI, you know, we publicized even two years ago, um, you know, we were out at the truck stop with some of the local media. The rewards, a new feature. You know, the the reward twenty five thousand dollars. That's a sizable amount of money. Um, but the FBI is not going to give up on this case. We're not going to stop searching for the individual or individuals who killed Tracy. But we need the the trucking community's help. Um, I know that your podcast goes out pretty pretty far. Um, you know, but we do ask that the, you know the trucking community pause. some thought especially to those uh, truckers who were working in 2006 on the i-40 corridor.
0: if people do have information uh, what's the avenue uh, to report it is it just the 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 1-800 call fbi uh they can call
1: 1-800-fbi that the the one that connor just spoke about or uh they can actually call the little rock field office the fbi office and um they can even if they've heard my name on here they can ask directly uh you know to speak with me so, um, however, it's brought in, the FBI will filter it into this investigation and it will eventually get to me. But you can feel free to call the uh, FBI Little Rockfield office. You can ask for Special Agent Anna Alexander if you want to, or just tell us that you have information um, regarding the Tracy and Wanda Jones case, especially if you want to remain anonymous. So that's fine. Uh, anybody who is in this industry, I just can't thank you enough for bringing this in this investigation to light and getting Tracy's name and face back out there and letting us um, tell the story again, especially when, you know, we have a new $25,000 reward again for the information and conviction of the murder of Tracy. So we really, really appreciate it.
0: Here's a big thanks to Special Agent Alexander and Officer Hagen for relaying the information. That number for the Little Rock Field Office is 501-221-9100. That's 501 501- Special Agent Ann Alexander, working the Tracy Owana Jones case. Okay, transitioning to the next part of the podcast, we'll take a closer look at FMCSA's plans, which look to be on something of a fast track to implement the Under-21 Interstate Driver Pilot Program required by the Big Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act Highway Bill late last year. We got our first glimpse of those plans last month when FMCSA issued a request for comment with a notice containing some detail on their plans. Overdrive News Editor Matt Cole's got a report up this week rounding up some of the commentary mostly from trucking related associations. Before we dive into the history of the Under-21 pilot program with Cole, though, I'll note that our polling of all of you on this subject, most recently with the latest iteration of the so-called Drive Safe Act for a pilot program reared its head last year has pretty consistently indicated that most owner-operators agree with the Owner-Operator Independent Drivers Association that allowing under-21 interstate CDL drivers is not the way to go. Period. Last year, around 6 in 10 owner-operators indicated categorical opposition to any allowance for under-21 drivers to haul interstate. As owner-operator Chris Smith, a member of our Overdrive's Trucking Pro group over on LinkedIn, put it to me recently, quote, This will be a disaster if 18-20 to year olds drive OTR. Turnover will be the first issue, and accidents will come next. At once, given Congress required this program through legislation, plenty groups and individuals opposed to the notion, including OOIDA, have chosen to engage with hopes of influencing its implementation to the positive, as it were. Keeping all that in mind, here's Cole laying out the history of the notion of a pilot program to test the idea, which stretches back into the last decade legislatively.
2: You know, efforts to allow under 21 truckers to drive across state lines in interstate commerce um, have been going on since I think around 2015, I think is the first first time it really started to take off. Um, Nebraska Senator Deb, Deb Fisher uh, introduced the Commercial Driver Act that year. It didn't go anywhere, and it wasn't quite the same as the Drive Safe Act that we're dealing with today, but it was just kind of that first step. The Drive Safe Act uh, itself, I think, first, uh, first popped up in Congress in March 2018. It was introduced in the House, and then the Senate uh, took up a similar, I think it was the same thing, um, and I think around August of that year never garnered any any votes or any traction in committee or anything so it just kind of died but then um this past year when um they were when congress was looking at the uh at, at a new infrastructure bill uh drive safe act as it was written back in 2018 was included in that and so um when that was passed in november um it was it was included as part of the legislation that was passed as as the uh bipartisan bipartisan infrastructure law so
0: you know, and in terms of, you know, what the legislation um, required, uh, was it, uh, it, did it, did it go through, I guess, unmodified, and, and what what are the basics of what it required?
2: There were a couple of changes. Um, basically, the, um, the legislation wanted FMCSA to establish a pilot program um, to allow 18 to 20-year-old uh, truck drivers to I don't think there was a ton of details um, about what needed what FMCSA could do. They kind of left it up to the agency to um, to kind of establish it how they wanted to. Um, There were a couple of things that um, you know trucking groups have brought up that uh, were not requirements uh, laid out in the legislation that they're um, concerned with. I know we'll talk about later, but um, you know part of that was the uh, requirement. FMCSA's requirement for the registered apprenticeship program uh, through the Department of Labor. Um, they want carriers participating in in the pilot to uh, to be part of that program with right. the DOL. So that's been kind of a contentious issue.
0: But basically, uh, we're hearing about all of this now because FMCSA put out a uh, a detailed proposal of how they would sort of structure this program. It seems like they're they're on a pretty fast track with this. Uh, uh relative to first becoming um uh legislatively required just just you know late last year right uh, but they're trying to get this out pretty quick and know everybody knows the the you know the, the supply chain um uh, congestion and and um hand-wringing that's been going on for for quite a while now but uh I think I think that maybe fmcsa feels like this uh, moving fast on this is a is a priority because of that but this is not like it's going to be a a simple uh a simple process for any um any 18 to 20 year old driver who wants to to uh have this ability to run interstate um it, there's a there's a significant there's significant probationary periods a lot of required training right yeah that's right there's um
2: There's two probationary periods, but in total um, drivers in the program will be looking at 400 hours of training and um, 240 of those are going to be behind the wheel with a, um, you know, with a trainer in the, in the seat next to them. So um, it's definitely way over and above anything that, um, you know, that has been introduced before uh, as far as training requirements goes. In
0: a lot of respects, these would be uh, drivers that have been operating in interstate for quite a while already, um, with some additional training on the on the inter, interstate loads. Um, but yeah, FCSA put out that proposal, a lot of detail in that, and asked for comment. It was a very brief comment period, I believe, right? Yeah, it was only
2: five or six days, I think. It was it was pretty quick because and they were they were trying to get emergency approval from the White House to uh, proceed with the information collection. A
0: lot of the, a lot of the associations weighed in. Uh, various other individuals and companies. Uh, give me a little bit of, um, uh, a little bit of the detail there on what uh, what we heard in terms of uh, objections, uh, measures of support.
2: So you know, the American Truck Associations, uh, Truckload Carriers Association, um, they've both kind of been um, supporting under twenty one efforts for a while now and um you know so they were both still supportive of fmcsa's pro, uh proposal to mm-hmm. a certain degree um they had some issues with with some of the finer details but overall they were both um, you know both those groups were generally supportive of, of what fmcsa is trying to do here um the commercial vehicle training association um which they represent a bunch of the uh you know trucking schools out there um you know they, they support the program as well um they asked for uh you know a couple of different changes but overall again very supportive of of the initiative um you know groups representing small fleets particularly um oida they've always kind of uh spoken out against under 21 drivers based on safety so they along with the truck safety coalition um who was a lot more against it uh than than oida was but um, the Truck safety
0: coalition is made of appearance against tired truckers and uh crash right yeah that's right yeah, yeah
2: th- those three groups filed a kind of a joint letter or a uh, joint comment together um vehemently opposing uh, using their words um right. pretty much anything to do with allowing under 21 drivers um oida was a little bit um you know they were opposed to it but kind of, I think they are at the point where they understand it's, it's one of those things that it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to start working its way through the process. And um, so they tried Amen. to offer some recommendations to, to make it safer. Both of those groups, though, they did cite studies, particularly from the uh, Insurance Institute for Highway Safety, that found that younger drivers are involved in more fatal crashes um, than more experienced drivers. Truck Safety Coalition also brought up an ongoing initiative by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration um, about teen driving. Um, You know, just trying to raise awareness uh, to help teen drivers be safer. So, um, you know, it's it's an ongoing debate, but um, you know, by and large, groups are on both sides of it. Are 18 and 19 year olds? teens i mean i think it depends on who you ask um <laughs> they adults Nits, right yeah i mean Nits's program um oh, seems to qualify teens as being 15 to 18. um the truck safety coalition pretty much used teens interchangeably with under 21 in their yeah, comments yeah. so um you know it's just one of those things that kind of depends on who you ask and
0: it's like the it's like the rhetorical c- cudgel there and you know referring to. You know, bona fide adults, military members, as teens, but yeah, okay. In terms of the practical approach to this, I know you 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 mentioned that OIDA um, proposed um, some some tweaks. That I think a a lot of it was a lot of the uh, practical recommendations that came from OIDA and some of the other trucking associations as well were all kind of aimed at things that they believe will uh limit participation here i think right detail a little bit of that for me matt
2: ata and the drive safe coalition the drive safe coalition is made up of over 100 trade groups across several industries ata and tca are actually included in that coalition they said that the the requirement the the registered apprenticeship requirement will be a big limiting factor at least that's what they believe um Good. not just from not just for small fleets but fleets of all sizes there's a lot of paper you know extra paperwork and and requirements that go into being a part of that program
0: ata, ATA though did in fact has gone through the process of becoming a sponsor of registered apprenticeships itself right so presumably i'm, I'm taking that to mean that they'll probably be able to help their membership do that
2: yeah um, i assume so yeah yeah um but I wonder um, if
0: other associations might might be likely to do that as well, I would guess, even you know um some of the folks from that smaller fleets are uh, members members of as well. And what is it about the uh, uh, the registered apprenticeship program with the department of labor? i mean what what is it about that um, about being a part of that program? Do you feel that um, is it is it just the, the sort of the the paperwork aspect of it conforming to all the things that that program requires uh, what is it i mean what what does what does the registered apprenticeship program require of a of, of of a fleet that would that would be a part of it i guess
2: um it does uh it does require certain um you know extra paperwork um it, it does uh more safety training um for apprentice for apprentices um a uh kind of a um, progressive wage system um is a requirement to be one, a registered apprenticeship uh, progressive
0: wage system meaning that uh yeah with more, more training, training and
2: experience they have to get earn higher wages so um you know ata and uh, the drive safe coalition were the biggest uh the biggest groups that spoke out against um having that as a requirement they said you know that they would be okay if it was left in as an as an option um, but they didn't feel like it should be a requirement for every fleet that wants to participate in this. Um, interestingly, though, uh, OIDA highlighted that requirement as a positive thing, mainly because uh, to make sure that drivers participating in the program are more protected. They cited workplace protections, uh, the progressively increase, increase in wages and wow. um, additional federal oversight into the program. You know, you bring in the Department of Labor. So there's there's more than just DOT FMCSA um, kind of overseeing the programs, so they feel like there's more protection for the for the young drivers that that may be participating. ATA and TCA and in their comments also they um you know they well ATA particularly uh, felt like the um the monthly data reporting requirements might be a little. A little overboard for some carriers, especially small fleets um, that may not have the back office staff to to kind of organize and and um, you know gather those records and, and submit them every month. You know that was another another potential issue. And all three groups, uh, or ATA, TCA, and OIDA, um, you know they all felt like uh, smaller carriers will have more difficulty participating. OIDA actually argued they. There should be you know for the safety aspect, there should be more data reporting requirements in 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 the rule, but though I' have felt like the biggest barrier for smaller carriers is going to be insurance costs if they felt like a lot of the fleets that'll end up participating are going to be those that are already self insured up to a certain extent. small carriers just don't have that luxury
0: it is no no secret uh the insurance costs for, for the younger driver and the green newer drivers much more than uh them for the experienced folks and and just generally very expensive for small fleets um i wonder though if um you know depending on whether you know a small fleet might have a have an 18 year old already uh, working in trust state it exists you know it's not a common feature of you know over the road type haul hauling companies but um it could be a path forward there for some
2: yeah, and I think you it would probably depend on the lanes that those drivers end up running in. Um right. you know, if they're running out in the Midwest for the most part, uh, you know, it might not be as as bad, but if they're running the East Coast or, you know, more populated areas, um probably looking at a different story.
0: Well, do um, we have a, do we have an idea of when we are going to see this thing start to happen? I'm
2: honestly not sure on that. Um one interesting right. thing that um that the uh, truck safety coalition brought up in in their comments um up until just last november there are 49 states and washington dc that have allowed intrastate drivers under the age of 21 right um new york passed a law in november that will allow that as well they were the last holdout state but um they felt like there, you know there's just tons of data out there, um, in those states that have been using, or, you know, been allowing under, under 21 drivers, um, that before putting more under 21 drivers on the road and, and allowing them to cross state lines, they felt like FMCSA should gather data from those states and study that before, you know, before putting younger drivers out on the road. Um, right. I mean, people have done that.
0: Surely, I'm sure they there. Insurance have been, Institute for Highway um, Safety. I mean, all those statistics that they, right, that these groups are quoting. That surely, that's exactly where they come from, right? Right,
2: and and I, you know, I feel like, um, you know, they're probably just trying to get a more comprehensive look yeah. at it,
0: or as it were, a long delay in any implementation of a program they object to categorically. Speaking of that. Cole finally offered a bit of a reality check when it comes to FMCSA's seeming intention to, of pushing this particular under 21 pilot program through quickly. We do at least have an example to offer as comparison in the US military trained under 21 program.
2: Yeah, I think there's a lot more heat under this one to get it started as soon as possible, but they do have the the military pilot program um, that uh, I think it was it was required in the FAST Act in 2015 um and they they did some comment periods and things but it really they didn't even start accepting drivers or carriers into the program until 2019 so right
0: um,
2: you know that was three and a half four years before it got off the ground to the point where they would even accept applications for it so um I think participation has been really poor in that one so I don't think there's been enough data collected to be able to draw any conclusions there
0: you can find Matt Coles reporting on the Under-21 pilot program as FMCSA starts the process of implementing what Congress required in last year's highway bill, infrastructure package, whatever we want to call it, the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, right? Anyhow, find Coles reporting via overdriveonline.com slash overdrive hyphen radio. There are prominent links to it in the post that houses this podcast for February 4th, 2022. Overdrive Radio is a production of Overdrive, the voice of the American trucker. It's edited and produced by me, Todd Dills, with a little acoustic guitar and other additional support from Overdrive extra contributing writer and trucker songwriter, long-haul Paul Marhofer. The podcast is backed up further by Overdrive News Editor Matt Cole, who we heard from today, social media coordinator Holly Young, and executive editor Alex Locke. Until next time, keep a pro out there.